The aim of Black Mental Matters is to tell experiences with honesty. Therefore, some discussions may trigger an adverse reaction. If a discussion is beginning to upset you, we advise that you please stop listening and talk to your support team. Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to Black Middle Matters, episode number 31. Wow. Who'd have thought, huh? And during this time, I just want to say I hope all is going okay for you and your family. I know this being locked in, social distance, quarantined, all this is just unprecedented. But know that things are going to be better on the other side. So on this episode of Black Mental Matters, McKeeba and I talked to Dr. Alfie M. Breland Noble. She's a media personality, gifted public speaker, researcher, psychologist. Well, she gives back in so many ways and she's realized her passion for helping racially diverse young people, teens, young adults, young at heart via research and care for depression, anxiety and other mental illnesses. She's got some great words to share with you today and will give you inspiration to get on your journey to follow your passion. She did it, and you're going to meet her right now. This is Black Mental Matters. Once again, it's Black Mental Matters with your host, Vince The Voice and Miss Makiba Reed Johnson. How you doing, Makiba? I'm doing pretty good, Vince. How about yourself? I knew you was going to say You always say that. I'm doing pretty good, Vince. How about yourself? <laughs> she say the same thing every time, but I love I it. I need to switch up? Okay. <laughs> I'm going to switch it up. You know what, Vince? I am not doing well. <laughs> oh, right, Let's go back to that. Let's read. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, so I'm doing great, Vince. And yourself. <laughs> I, I'm, doing, I'm doing all right. I'm corona down, you know, and uh, we just, uh, we, we getting through this thing together. And, and so, so uh, it's, it's, it's another beautiful day. Be very thankful. And we thank everyone for tuning oh, yeah. in. Um, this program, again, designed to uh, alleviate that stigma as it relates to mental health in the uh, black community. And Makiba, we got a superstar on the line with us today. She's a seasoned, uh, seasoned media yes. personality, uh, mental health disparities scientist. Uh, where has she been on? Everybody's show. She's a uh, researcher. Yes, researcher. absolutely. Subject matter expert, advocate, ally. She is all that. And a bag of chips. So, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Dr. Alfie's on the on the phone. Dr. Alfie Breland Noble. Hello, hello. Hi, thank you. I don't know who y'all were talking about. Thank you. I'm looking around like, who they talking about? Who that is? I need to meet that chick. Hey, well, you the better we're now. Talking right you. here. Talk about you. <laughs> That's right. Well, Dr. Alfie, uh, again, we thank you so much for being here. Um, I don't know uh, uh, where to begin, but why, why don't we just begin with the simple, you know, wh what got you on this journey to being this great uh, advocate and researcher and scientist and personality as it relates to mental health? So it's a wonderful question, and I just want to thank you, Vince, and Makiba for being so warm and welcoming. Everybody who knows me knows I really love nice people, and not nice in an artificial sense, but literally nice, like your spirit is just warm and nice and kind, and so I, I am really grateful to be here with you all and to have that wonderful introduction. So for me- Wait, 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 I mean, wait, really, wait, 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 hold on, Doc. Yeah. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but we is kind. We is smart. <laughs> And we no, is important. Like, I'm sorry. Uh -huh. I'm sorry, Doc. I'm sorry, you just lined it up for me, Doc. I love it. That's all. It's all good, though. I love it. Right? You got to own your own your stuff. You got to like live in your space. I love that. I will take it. 
Love it. <laughs> Please so, continue, Doc. So, no, no problem. So I know for me, um, you know, I've come to a place in my life where I really try to think about how can I continue to evolve? And I'm always looking for resting in the knowledge of who I am today, honoring who I was before mm. and using all of that to propel me forward. So when I look back, what I think about and what I reflect on is something that a sister told me a long time ago. She was this wonderful Latina who grew up in a black community on the west side of Chicago. Her name is Dr. Maya McNeely. And what she told me has, it has always stuck with me. She told me this about 15 years ago and she said, Alfie, I really see you as a person who, I, she had this visual of a long line of women. She said, these are your ancestors. And you are basically like the fork in the road. You're the person who's mm. going to shift mm. whatever has come before you and shifted in a positive way. And she said, you're also a bridge. Mm. And that, that really crystallized it for me because I was the kid. I grew up in a, a predominantly white environment in Virginia Beach, Virginia. And, you know, I, I love getting to share a little bit of this now because I was set up to go back for Pharrell's uh, something in the water festival, but of course it got canceled oh. and it was going to be like this huge homecoming for me. I was going to be working with um, two celebrities and another uh, celebrity poet on stage. And that was really going to be this huge homecoming for me wow. because it was going to give me the opportunity to really heal in some ways in a, in a visible way to heal some of the challenges that I encountered as a dark skinned chocolate black girl growing up in the 80s in a place like Virginia Beach that I have to say probably wasn't the most progressive. I mean, I think people mm -hmm. thought that they were quite liberal, but my experience was not so much. And right. so for me, that experience of growing up in that environment, being one of just a few young people of color um, in general, but then also one of just a few young people of color who were um, you know, talk about the opportunity gap. Well, I was one of the kids mm -hmm. who had opportunities in honors classes, in AP classes, and that type of thing, but there were so few of us. Yes. And so I just watched the struggles that my peers and I had, both those of us who were isolated in these honors classes and the rest of mm -hmm. us who were isolated in general. And so I knew that very early on, I wanted to be a person to try to help support other kids like me, my friends, the kids I grew up with, and that one way to do that would be to become some type of helping prof professional. I've always been a helper. I've always been a healer. Um, I was always the kid that everybody came and talked to. And mm. so, you know, but you wouldn't know it now, but I was also a shy kid. Um, and so wow. I was a good listener, you know, and I, I think it was me trying to have something to offer so I could fit in when I look back on it. So if I can't do anything else, I can be smart and I can listen and I can be the good kid that all the adults look at and say, see, that's a model kid. Like that was where I derived my, I, don't know, I guess, sense of self and self-esteem from. And then you fast forward a few years and I had a number of different mentors, Dr. Gil Trackman, God rest his soul, he's deceased. My mom, she's deceased. Um, Dr. Carl Bell, who's a huge mentor to me, a community psychiatrist, African-American man. He just passed in August unexpectedly. Mm. Um, and a woman at Harvard, her name is Dr. Jessica Anderson Daniel. Each one, and my godmother, I can't forget my godmother because she's the person who got me on the path to going to Howard University. And her name's Dr. Mona Thornton. So I had all these people wow. in my life mm -hmm. who believed in me, like poured into me and just said, whatever you want to mm -hmm. do, Alpha, you can do it. And I said, 
where is a place that I can go as a profession in a career mm-hmm. that will allow me to do that for somebody else, especially for mm-hmm. kids? I was always the person yes. who wanted to be the babysitter. I love kids. Yeah. And that's really, you know, I'm giving it short shrift, but a lot of twists and turns. And those are the things that led me to uh, becoming a psychologist because a psychologist is a profession where your purpose really is supposed to be to help other people. And wow. so for me, the science piece was I also wanted to be the person who created the mechanisms and the tools that went along with helping people because I wanted stuff that reflected me as a young black woman, me as a person of color, and I didn't want anybody I encountered to feel like what I was doing, what I was providing was not for them. So I think about queer young people, LGBTQ yeah. young folks, especially of color. I didn't want any of them to feel like if they came to see Dr. Alfie, that I did not have something to offer them mm-hmm. that would resonate with them. So that's what brought me to this place. Wow. Wow. Uh, incredible. 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 So Dr. Alfie, can you just give us your, your academic credentials and your title and your academic accolades for us? Sure. So... I'm, I'm learning to answer the question, be direct, so I'm, I'll be like politicians and talk all around it, right? And I'm also learning, unlearning as a woman, right, and as a, a raised by Southerners, um, not to drink from it, right? Just like, don't be humble about it. I'll just, right? I, have, I have to continually remind myself. So when people say that, I'm like, well, I haven't really done it. But I've worked hard. And yes. so what I will say is I have four degrees. My grandmother, God rest her soul, too, she would be elated because she, I am, and on my mother's side of the family, the fifth generation of women to be an educator, mm. right? So wow. right out of slavery, Ooh. right, you only needed a two-year degree then, and you didn't even really need a degree. There, there were four generations of women before me who were all educators in some way, um, and I'm the fifth. And so anyway, um, there's that. I have four degrees. I have a bachelor's degree, as I mentioned, from Howard, a master's from NYU. Uh, my doctorate is from the University of Wisconsin-Madison. And then I have a second master's in clinical trials from the School of Medicine at Duke. Um, wow. So those are, the, those are the academic credentials. Then I spent, I was in three academic institutions, Michigan State, and then two departments of psychiatry. So I worked in two hospitals. Duke's Hospital in North Carolina, and then I ended my the academic port traditional academic portion of my career. I like to tease; I think it's true. I'm working on it that I am a recovering academic, <laughs> right? Oh, that, no. And them academics ain't no joke, yeah. child. Ain't no joke, and yeah. it ain't nothing nice. Especially if you're a person of color and marginalized, right? So right. it ain't nothing nice. And so I ended the traditional portion of my academic career at. Georgetown in the Department of Psychiatry. And now what I do for the last two and a half, three years is a lot of media work um, and am always working towards um, trying to spread and shit, not trying, but sharing the message of my science, right? Because I've always been a scientist. We have mm-hmm. lots of data. I have trainees who come through uh, what used to be my research lab. So this is a, a low point. Uh, that I want to make for women of color and women in particular, that you, what you have is valuable mm. and you have to honor it so much so that you don't allow other people to dishonor it. So I honored Ooh. that research lab that I created over a 22 year period and I turned that sucker into a nonprofit. And so my research lab is now a nonprofit called the Acoma Project and we do the same things. But guess what, baby? It's all for Alfie. It's all for the kids <laughs> and all for the people. Yeah. It's not for these name brand institutions. And so, and we have a book coming out uh, with my name on oh. it. 
and Uh-oh. my, you know what I mean? That's, you know, and it's an academic book. And so seeing the cover today, I thought I was going to faint. All I could say was, thank you, God. Thank you, God. Like, it's all praise to God. So, you know, that's what I do. And then so it's the media, the science, the nonprofit, and the consulting work. Uh, that's what I do now. Now, you, you wow. just mentioned the ACOMA project, which stands for African American Knowledge Optimized for Mindfully Healthy Adolescents. Did you know that, McKee? Did you know that? Love it. <laughs> I, you have just outstalked. <laughs> I, I didn't get that far <laughs> but, 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 but that's well it's it, it's wonderful because what you're talking about uh is 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 helping our kids helping our young yes. people what 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 yes. a beautiful cause listen we're, we're going to take a short pause for the cause and we're going to come back and talk about that effort makiba i know you just dying to just jump in there and so we oh will because yeah. we are smart we are kind and we are important we are black mental matters we'll be back in a moment <laughs> <laughs> this is Nikita Lee Johnson with Black Mental Matters, and we are here with Vince the Voice Bailey and also our special guest, Dr. Alfie. Welcome back, Dr. Alfie. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah. Great, great. Awesome. I have a question for you, Dr. Alfie, and this is why I am so excited to have you on this platform and to have the conversation about mental health, or particularly as it pertains to persons of color or, or black people. I, you know, we, we always talk about the disparities that are current with mental health and, yes. and, and the black community and the unresolved trauma and just how we as a culture are not comfortable having those discussions within our households. And it's, it's a very hidden topic. It's a, it's, a, it's a lot of shame with discussing sexual abuse and, yeah. you know, there's a lot of embarrassment. But yes. beyond that, I was actually online like, reading some background about the historical implications of African-Americans that were mentally ill back in the 18, 1900s. Mm-hmm. And I was blown away to find out that our mentally ill brothers and sisters were still put to work. And mm-hmm. there, there is a book, it, it's coming out in April, it's called The Administrations of Lunacy, Racism and the Haunting of American Psychiatry at the Milledgeville Asylum. And what this book, it, the release date is April 14th, but this is so interesting to me because when I think about, when I think about the mentally ill and person mm-hmm. that, are dealing with mental illness, it always feels like it's the last frontier of mm-hmm. human rights. Because mm-hmm. when you are mentally ill to the point where, and some people have to unfortunately place their loved ones in mental yep. health facilities, and yep. you lose a lot of that ability to check on them, to make sure they're okay, to make sure that they're being treated you know, with dignity and respect. There's a lot of abuse Indeed, unfortunately, unfortunately, there's a lot, of, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of abuse and neglect and oftentimes wrongful death suits mm-hmm. are a result of some of these stays. But I was shocked to find out that within that system of the mentally ill collectively being this sort of throwaway society, mm-hmm. that within that black women who had been raped by uh, masters and slave mm-hmm. owners who experienced PTSD were mm-hmm. actually put into these mental 
health facilities and they were sterilized Whoa. and they were still put to work. Yes. And they were still put but to you work. You got all deep only, on us. I'm sorry. Man, I'm telling you. Come on now. Because I think this is why what work, the work that you're doing is so important, Dr. Alfie, because when we think of mental health, we need to think back on how far our trauma it reaches back from. This goes back a long ways with just how grandparents, great, 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 great grandparents were mistreated who, who may or even may have not been, you know, mentally ill, but were just yes, diagnosed as being mentally ill because they weren't useful anymore on plantations and mm-hmm. just the hardship and the things that, they went through those are our ancestors and we you know we 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 passed down a lot of the dysfunctional coping mechanisms of just hey let's push forward let's sing some hymns let's do this thing you know we can get through this together if we pray pray it away and of course faith and everything is great and that's held a lot of us together but now what we're seeing is a lot of us are also falling apart mm-hmm. because we we're trying to hold on to so much and we're not having the discussion about it. So that's why I love that your message is not just about persons of color, but also it you reach with the inclusion of it and you are realizing that this is a collective effort for all of us. Okay. 100%. 100%. And I, I really believe deeply that, that uh, intergenerational trauma the trauma that reaches all the way back to people whose names we may never know, whose faces we will never see. Um, you know, you think all the way back to the, the middle passage. And I think about uh, the visuals that I've seen of the enslaver ships and where they came from. And then you watch those dots. I, I think it was on slate.com at one point and you watch the dots and they just show you with the passage of time. It's like time lapse. Those dots show you where the ships went. And when I say, and that's why inclusion is so important to me, because black folks were stolen and shipped all up and down around the whole coast of the Americas. Think about it. Central and South America, that's why it's people that look like, and I'm that's chocolate. Right. That's right. Chocolate, just like me, mm-hmm. fully Latino, because they come that's from, right. right, these coastal towns, these coastal, and where the ships stop. And mm-hmm. so, you know, I think about my Caribbean black. Uh, brothers and sisters of my Caribbean black Latino brothers and sisters and like just the emergence of the uh, Latinegra and Latinegro and Mm -hmm. and black Latino movement like how people are it's like civil rights movement in some parts of the world you know like it was for us in the 60s and so when I think about that I just think about all the diversity as well within the community and how people you think about uh, LGBTQ and queer folks how Mm -hmm. in our lifetime that was a mental labeled as a mental yes. illness that was in right. the DSM, the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental right. Disorders, and people it, use it, that, that's right. yes, ma'am. And people, and it's only been recently, right? And you still have people walking around, yes, ma'am. And you still have people walking around saying that this foolishness, conversion therapy, is a good thing. Like, like you're supposed to, or they can pray away. The, the core pieces of their identity, who they mm-hmm. are. And so mm-hmm. when I think about all of those things together and the wonderful historical message that you've given us, the history lesson that you've given us, I think of a couple things. One is that when people, particularly us, people of color, um, think about mental illness, 
our minds always go straight to what we call SPMI, severely and persistently mentally ill. Mm-hmm. Right, that's the severe, and most often we know mm-hmm. that what people are thinking—they're thinking psychosis. People who are out of touch with reality, who are mm-hmm. standing on the street corner yelling mm-hmm. at themselves, or yelling at you, or they're—they're they're punching at things in the air that other people mm-hmm. can't see that aren't there for us. Mm-hmm. Auditory and visual hallucinations—that's what people think of, right. and those things are stigmatized. You know, people don't choose to live in that space. That is something that genetically, that in terms of environment, in terms of people not being understanding and supportive, all of those things contribute to a person expressing, right? That's an expression, expressing Mm -hmm. themselves in that way. Um, So there's the physiological components of it, genetics, and there's the like sociological, psychological components, your environment. How are people treating you? How do people engage you? And so I think about ways in which even though we're like a really modern and and in some ways forward-thinking society, we have a lot of technology, there are other countries with fewer resources where research tells us they do far better treating people with mental illness than we do in the States. I have a colleague from years ago, he's Asian American, he was Chinese, and he would Uh, did a study where he compared the treatment of people with schizophrenia in mainland China to people who are Asian and Chinese American in the States. And without, and then this was rural, rural parts of China. And what he found was that because people were permitted or encouraged to stay in community with family, and family took turns caring for them. Many times there were fewer hospitalizations Mm. when they had to be, and when the hospitalizations occurred, they were shorter stays. And people did so much better Mm. because they weren't ostracized. So everything you're talking about speaks to me about how we ostracize people. Forget severe and persistent mentally ill. Just if people think there's something wrong, if you have a label, right? How many of Mm -hmm. us as parents don't want to go to school because we're worried, let, let's be honest, worried that the school is going to say, well, if you don't go get Johnny some some help, he can't come back to school. So you're going to need Absolutely. to go take care of that. And that's also yeah. when I get, when families show up with me. And they're ashamed. Mm-hmm. What do you have to be ashamed of? That baby yeah. is sick. If that baby had a cold, wouldn't you go to the physician? If you Absolutely. were even worried, right? Think about right now, coronavirus. If you even had a hint, that baby sniffing, like, let's go to the ER. We got to do, we got to ride the bus. You know what I'm saying? And so I want us to have that same kind of eagerness to support our young people when there is mental illness. But as you said, everything you've described, I can tell you this quick story that crystallizes it. We did a research study years ago. There was a woman, she had five children, and she had just come out of, I think she was formerly homeless and they were trying to get back, they were in transitional housing. And she said, look, Dr. A, what I need you to understand is this. We were doing a qualitative study asking people about their feelings about um, mental illness for black children. And she said, baby, it's this simple. I'm already black. I'm already a woman. I don't also need to be crazy. You feel me? And so everything that you described All of that feeds into it. And so our job with what you're doing with this amazing podcast and your honesty and your openness, both of you, is allowing people to see. I'm Gen X. So especially Gen X, we got kids. And our kids are probably Mm -hmm. teenagers to like emerging out of college and we're just becoming grandparents, many of us, that kind of thing. We, You have an opportunity to educate our generation and say, look, this stuff affects black folks too and we have to take it seriously and we want to help you understand 
what are things you can do? And most importantly, we want to reduce the stigma and let you see that all kinds of people, right, can be mm-hmm. impacted by mental illness. So, yes, your points are so well taken, and I really do deeply appreciate the history lesson for my part. Once again, oh, we're talking sure. with uh, Dr. Alfie M. Breland Noble. She's a media personality, scientist, speaker, and author. And as I look here, uh, the, the, the book, uh, Handbook of Mental Health in Black Youth. Uh, just yeah. jumps out awesome. at me, and, and this is this is dear to our hearts. You know, our, our young people, and not only their mental health, but we're trying to get them involved in this career field as well. But let's talk yeah. about first, Doc, uh, the, the, this handbook of mental health in Black youth. Tell me about uh, uh, that project. Your your, your book. Sure. So uh, maybe, I don't know, six or seven years ago, I had a mentor. He's actually an Indian American man. And he's one of the authors in the book. I think he's the final author uh, name listed. And I had done a lot of work with him editing a journal because that's one of the ridiculous things that you do free <laughs> when you're active. Remember, I said I'm recovering, so we right. don't call tell to shame the devil, right? Yes, you do yeah. all this massive amounts of work for free, <laughs> reading articles, getting other people to read articles, making mm-hmm. comments and publishing them. And he said, you know, Alfie, you are so passionate about, I'll never forget it. And I, I cried when I hung up the phone because I was like, wait a minute, he just offered me an opportunity to put together a book about black people Mm. and no one at that point I probably have been in the field for 15 years maybe 14 15 years no one has ever said to me that this is a good thing and that this is something that's important like I said he was not black and so I said absolutely tell me what I need to do and so that was the origin of the book because he knew how passionate I was I was always talking about black folk you know I love black people and I want my people to be healthy and you know if you identify as black I'm gonna claim you so we need to talk about black Latinos and you know everything and so um, that was the origin of the book and so I along with uh, Dr. Cheryl Almatine who is a black woman uh, I think she identifies as Muslim and she's a psychiatrist uh, in the Richmond area um, and Dr. Nurbay Singh who is the senior um, person who helped us put together the book so Nurb had a book deal where he had um, he had some astronomical number of books he had published and so we were part of the series that I really took everything on and, and led the charge and reached out to everybody in my network and said Will you do this and who do you know? Because, you know, the network, mm-hmm. you know, usually it can be insular because you're only asking people you know. Right. So I said, tell me some other people. And so that's how it came together. And we, I, I made it a point to write down all the, the topic areas that I had questions about and, you know, for which I didn't necessarily know who the experts were, but I knew these things were important. So unique in this book um, are things like having a conversation about autism spectrum disorder mm. and black folk. We don't talk about that, mm. right? Nobody yeah. does. Who does research on that with our wow. kids? And so you have right. people like Holly Robinson, Pete, and um, Tisha Campbell, who both have children who have an autism diagnosis. Their kids are thriving mm. and mm. they're open about their experience. But God forbid that they should want to go find some research to understand what are the best treatments, because guess what? It doesn't exist. Um, And so it really was important for me to get at that. And then, um, I mean, there's so many topics in there, obviously depression, because that's what I'm trained in. And that's the thing I'm passionate about. ADD, which is often the gateway, right? That seems to be the illness Mm -hmm. that people are, that is least stigmatized. Because if the kids have ADD, that doesn't feel like it's, I hate the word, but quote unquote crazy, right? They just hyper. 
Maybe mm-hmm. somebody right. just need to put hands on them and calm them down. So that <laughs> often is the entry point for a lot of black families. Okay, I can deal with this ADD stuff. You need to give me some some Rid- help so I can get him to calm down. Some riddling. Um, yeah, that's what they want to yeah, do. Yeah, exactly. Put him on some riddling, some Adderall. Give, yeah. Just give me a script. And they're often asking, can you write this? I'm like, no, baby, I can't write you no script, but <laughs> let's have that conversation later. You know how we want to go through this process and we can get you connected with the right people. And, you know, I have a... They used to say Rolodex, but I have a long list of uh, black child psychiatrists. It's not a whole lot, but I, every time I meet one, I'm like, oh, give me your information because people are always looking for somebody who looks like them yes. so that they don't have to go through explaining why they're fearful of medication, why they worry about putting their kids on meds. Why do I need to put my kid on, on meds? I need somebody to explain it to me who I feel like has my child's best interest at heart. And so mm. that's what the book was about. We have a section on medication. Um, There are lots of different sections in there, but I appreciate the question. And, you know, I really hope it's something that it's a a textbook. Yeah. Yeah. It's textbook, but everybody needs it. Absolutely. Everybody needs it. Handbook of Mm -hmm. mental health in the black youth. That's that's awesome. That's awesome. Dr. Alfie, I mean, uh, Makiba, this this, this woman is just, uh, she is on the forefront of uh, making a difference uh, uh, in in our in our black community as it relates to uh, mental health and and this journey has taken you to some really really high places, uh, uh, Doctor Alfie. So I, I know what do you say? Love, light, science. That's your tagline. Yep. That's me. I that's love it. that. I yes. love that because Doctor yes. Alfie, what what you are encompassing in that tagline is. You are fusing together. You have so many, especially with Generation Z, they are all about energy and chakras. And they're they're not too much keen on data and (laughs) (laughs) but they really resonate with, you know, aligning your chakras and making sure that you got your crystals and your energy and if you stage away the negative energy. So I love that you are able to kind of reach across the spectrum of everyone mm. and where they are mm. in their mental health journey and the mental health language that they speak to be able to pull everybody in. That's my hope, right? And yeah. you nailed it. That's the point. The point is, if you only encounter me, like last summer, I had the, it was just, my head almost popped up. It was really amazing. <laughs> so within the span of literally like seven days, I went from an event in LA where I met this beautiful human. I hope you all can have him on someday. His name is Ron Funches. He's a, a African-American comedian. Um, and like, and then um, Amanda Seals was at that event. And this other brother whose name, oh, uh, Kendrick Sampson, I think is his name. He's an actor. So I went from that one week to the very next week being on stage with Taraji Henson, Charlemagne the God, and Jennifer Lewis. Oh, yes. And it was just like, wait, okay, Lord, all right, I'm, I'm going to receive it. Let me just, <laughs> woo, let me breathe. Yes. Let me breathe. Okay, it's all good. I got this. I got this. And so what I said, what I said in each of those spaces was, because one space was predominantly white, Taraji's clearly with Charlemagne and Jennifer Lewis. That was pretty much it almost 100% black audience. And mm-hmm. in each of those spaces, what I wanted to say to the young people was, look, you may encounter me for only this 10 or 15, 50 minutes on this stage. But what I want you to know is even if I can't put my eyeballs on you directly, I want you to know that you are loved. 
Mm. Right. And that there is a light within you mm. that you need. I need you to make it shine. And so that's always my message, because, you know, for some of our young people, there's nobody in their yes. life telling them that they're loved. That's right. There's yeah. nobody telling them that there's a light in them yes. and they need to make that light shine. That's your purpose on this earth. You are a star that's and I want that star to be bright. And so. That's why it's important to me. Just for the two or three minutes you encounter me, know that I see you, know that you are loved and lovable, and know that there's a light in you. And I'm going to give it to you with some culturally relevant science. So that's wow. really what that's about. Oh, my I God. I love it. Oh, my God. Yes. Well, I uh, love it. She is smart. She is kind. And, and she is definitely important. We're talking about Dr. Alfie, Dr. Alfie M. Breland Noble. Look, we've, I mean, this time has gone by so quickly. 30 minutes goes by so fast. But oh, I encourage everyone, uh, Dr. Alfie, where could, uh, I could tell them, but where do you want people to find you? Where do you want them to look sure, for you? Sure, sure. So there are a couple of different places. Um, everything is, I'm just going to spell it, B as in David, R as in rabbit, and my first name, all one word, Dr. Alfie. A-L-F as in Frank, I-E-E. So the places you can go are dralfie.com. I'm on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, and LinkedIn, all under my name, Dr. Alfie. And they can also find me at the Acoma Project, which mm-hmm. you shared earlier, all one word, A A K O M A project uh, dot org so dralfie.com Dr. Alfie across all social media and acomaproject.org to learn more about the nonprofit. and I appreciate the opportunity to even share that with your audience all the honors all ours all ours uh, yes it is and just one last thing Dr. Alfie is is your handbook of mental health and African American youth is that also available on ebook for Kendall as well yeah it is oh you're so oh guys you already know you're smart because like he's saying you're smart (laughs) yes you can download it you can download it at amazon.com absolutely oh perfect great thank you love light science is Dr. Alfie M. Breland Noble she is just uh, uh, adolescent depression, mental illness, youth of color, mental health, all experts. You can see her everywhere, catch her everywhere, learn everywhere, and we just thank you again, and that's why we do this here, because black thank mental you. matters. Have a great day. Thank, thank you, you so Dr. Alfie. Thank you, and namaste. Thank you.